Lynn Pierce is an award-winning designer, event stylist, lifestyle blogger, and all-around style guru. She believes that style can be found in the simplest of things and is what turns the mundane into the extraordinary. Sam Feldman is a entrepreneur who wears red lipstick to the grocery store and a cocktail dress to the hardware store. Sam's a 30-something-year-old with over 20 years of party planning experience. And yeah, you heard that right. She believes every day is a cause for celebration. Together, they are the Soul Style Project. Join the stylish mom and daughter duo each week as they journey through topics of self-discovery and creativity, helping their listeners live up to their true potential and most stylish selves. Soul Style Project. I'm your host, Lynn Pierce, and I'm here with my co-host and daughter, Sam Feldman. And we have with us today a special guest, Kirsten Yadauga. We um, are familiar with each other through some design Facebook groups and Instagram. And, you know, it's the beginning of the year. She is um, an expert when it comes to organizing. So we thought, what a great thing to kick off the year, because I know everybody is in that mode right now. So <laughs> welcome, Kirsten. Thank you. I'm so excited. This is so fun. We're chatting about one of my favorite things. Yes. So much. <laughs> yes. And you are a holistic designer. Um, tell us about that. Tell us about your business, how you got started, and kind of what your niche is. So I got my start in design. Actually, I should say interiors is kind of my my second act. Um, I got my start in design in the fashion industry. I designed accessories for for a long time. I was I was in fashion for a little over twenty years. Um, you know, uh, I think as often happens with so many of us, you know, a sort of perfect storm kind of like series of events led me to, a, you know, a new career. Um, it was everything from a move to a new city, the birth of my oldest daughter, um, a couple of existential crises here and there, and a really massive renovation, um, which somehow I came out of thinking, you know what, I, I want more of this. Like, I, I want to work on homes now, um, really what it was, the process was so similar to me mm-hmm. um, from what I had always known in fashion. So, you know, I did my due diligence, I took some classes, um, you know, and I just sort of found my way into styling and designing homes. Um, the holistic aspect comes in kind of for the existential crises, really. Um, <laughs> but it was just sort of incredibly apparent to me um, around the time of my, you know, my oldest daughter being born and the move to where I live now. I moved from Brooklyn, where I'd been for over 20 years, to a small town on the east end of Long Island. Um, And so just sort of all of these things and all of these massive life changes um, kind of really reinforced the importance of feeling good in my space. There were days where, um, you know, creating these little moments of like joy or happiness or a space to, to rest and recharge were so crucially important to just like my well-being and my mental health um, that, 
it just, it was like one of those aha moments. It just kind Mm -hmm. of led me to be like, this is what's missing. Like Mm -hmm. every designer I talk to, every designer I know will talk about, we want to improve lives through design. You know, we want to improve the lives of our clients through like aesthetics. And it just really sort of hit home for me. Like why, you know, like why it all, why it makes sense, why it works, how it comes together. Um, it prompted me to study some feng shui. Um, I studied Reiki, mm-hmm. uh, became certified as a meditation teacher. Um, wow. And I found, you know, I just sort of found this little niche kind of organically of how to bring all of these, you know, these elements in my personal life that were important to me together. Um, it really helped me to kind of like get into the why and the psychology of, you know, what helps to make people's spaces feel good and, and doing so like better their lives. Yeah. It's the whole reason we started Soul Style Project, mm-hmm. you know, and I know as um, a designer, I've seen it over and over again, when you improve someone's space, what it does for them in every area of their life. Yeah. So I, I'm so glad that we connected because it's very much in line with, with what we're trying to do. Yeah. I love it. So, so organizing. So now, you know, we've come off Christmas. We have all this stuff. <laughs> what do we do? How do we start? So, I mean, I think, you know, we're all kind of, it's, well, I shouldn't say all, but a lot of us are feeling just like the the heaviness of having physical clutter around, which is super normal after the holidays, Um, you know, and that's an easy, that's an easy decluttering project. We put our holiday stuff away. We feel a brush of a breath of fresh air and, you know, it feels better. Um, That's not hard to figure out why that works. Um, But the other kind of decluttering or sort of the other reason why you might need to declutter maybe goes a little bit deeper. What they have in common is this feeling of of weight, like this feeling of heaviness being kind of like bound by your stuff. And so like in the case of post-holiday, that's an easy fix. Um, But you know, sometimes it's not just the volume of our stuff. Sometimes it's almost like the energetic connection that we have to our things. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, everything that we bring into our environments has a frequency. It has like this, this magnetic resonance, you know, it could be man-made, could be natural, but it is. There is something about every item in our house that either resonates with us or, or fights against us. Basically, when we when we bring something into our space and, you know, a new vase, a new article of clothing, whatever it is, at that moment, we're, we're vibing with it. We're feeling like we resonate with this thing for whatever reason that we probably, you know, might not have thought that much about. A lot of times it's an impulse thing. We bring it in. Mm-hmm. Over time, people change. Mm-hmm. And the, the resonance of that thing, of that vase doesn't really change. It's always going to be what it is. It's a, it's a finite thing, but people change and we may fall out of balance with the stuff that we have in our house. Um, long story short, if that happens enough and your space, you know, has enough stuff in it that you're kind of no longer feeling, but you're keeping out of habit or out of obligation or practicality, you're like, I hate the sofa, but I can't sit on the floor. You know, any of those things give you this, this feeling of like energetic weight. 
Um, and that like, that's a different kind of decluttering. That's where it really requires sort of like a, like a check-in with yourself. And, you know, I have a whole decluttering process that I go to that gets a little bit meditative. Um, (laughs) I'd like to know about that. Introspection and and self-awareness and sort of checking in with, you know, each thing in your room. Um, it's a little like, like what Marie Kondo does with KonMari, you know, she'll pick Mm -hmm. up everything and like, you know, sort of feel the energy of it and honor it and like send it on its way. Yeah. (laughs) It's a little bit like that. It's a little like, you know, do I, do I love this teacup or do I just need something to drink out of, you know? Your concept of the, the objects holding frequency and whether or not you're aligned with that frequency, because I think that's that's a little bit different than just picking something up and seeing if it's giving you joy, because like you said, it, it might serve a purpose or it, it might have a certain need. Um, right. And no, I think notating that your frequencies change and being okay with that, like checking in with that change too, because that's a lot of, I mean, my cluttering issues come from emotional attachment to objects, right? And I think recognizing when you have change in yourself, it might change the frequency you have with the things around you. I just, I love that, that concept really strikes me. It's really easy to overlook. And, you know, a lot of times it gets written off as just being like, well, I don't like this thing anymore, but it's got sentimental value and, you know, that's it, done. I can't get rid of it. Um, and that's fine for like a handful of things, but after a while, those things add up and it's, it's just like when your design style evolves and, you know, your aesthetic is no longer sort of like interested in what you've got in your space, but you just haven't bothered to like redecorate. It's almost like energetic redecorating, you know, you know, when it's time, like, okay, I have too much stuff. I'm, I need to put a plan together. When when do you know? I think I think you can test yourself. Um, I think you, you you sort of like check in with how you feel in your space. I think a, a good way of doing this, like a really easy sort of like test for yourself, is when you walk in the front door. You know, it could be your home, it could be your office. What is the first like overwhelming feeling that hits you? Are you happy to be there? Does it give you a sense of like relaxation and restoration? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can like unwind here a little bit. Or is the first thing you notice like, oh my God, I hate that sofa. Or, oh my God, there's that pile of clutter that I've left there for however long. And like, if that's the first impression to you who lives Mm there, it's, it's, telling you that your space is having a negative effect on you. Um, And I think, you know, that's, that's kind of like the telltale sign. Um, And it doesn't have to be, you know, in your main living space, it could be any room, it could be, it could be a closet. It's just, it starts to take on this feeling of like this looming, like dark cloud, this, you know, never ending to do list. And, and that shows up in us as stress. Like we take that out into our day with us. If our space is not restoring us, we go out into the world and we, you know, have contact with people and, and business associates and whoever, and we're not at our best because we're not restoring our house, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, when there's certain areas 
Um, my house is pretty organized, but I have some problem spots. <laughs> right now, my problem spot is my pantry. Mm-hmm. And so what happens because my pantry's in disarray, it affects the rest of my kitchen because I can't put things away the way I want to. And so they end up just kind of accumulating on the counters. And so I know I really need to attack that area. It's a domino effect. It totally both physically and energetically. I feel like, you know, it's funny because when, when we are aware of like the stress that our spaces are creating, I feel like on some level, like our intuition, like our gut knew ages ago, mm-hmm. just waiting, like, Hey, like <laughs> just yeah. catch up now, you know, like yeah. we, as you know, our brains will sit there and be like, Oh, it's not that bad. You know, I need a sofa to sit on or mm-hmm. it's practical or, you know, somebody gave this birthday card to me and, and now I don't see them anymore. So I have to hold on to it. But so we're, we're talking our intuition out of it. It's like, we, yeah. we know better on some level, mm-hmm. but our brains are being like, no, 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 don't listen to that little voice. <laughs> you know, that's why I really like your test of kind of leaving the space and like your test is walking in the front door because I think for so many of us and maybe this is how you got to feel with your pantry mom like like you said like your intuition is telling you like oh you gotta kind of attack that but you're like I gotta make dinner first yeah you know? I gotta do yeah. this I gotta do that and especially you know when we're working or as as parents there's there's that list that you like you said of I gotta do this I gotta do that there's more to do for tomorrow and we're stuck in our homes right now too. Some of us have been in our homes, we've been working from home and we haven't really left that space to kind of have a fresh perspective when you yeah. know that our energy is chaotic and, and frantic at home, but we can't pinpoint. So I love the test or even if it's not just physically leaving your whole house, but just saying, okay, I'm going to open the door to this room or this space. I'm gonna look at it with fresh eyes, with the intention of fresh eyes and really feel what I feel when I walk in and I see this space. I'm already imagining me opening my house door when I go. (laughs) And if I feel frantic, I'm going to have to do something about it. (laughs) Exactly. So you know what? You touched on something really important, which is another, another whole layer of this is like, it's self-care. We are so, especially over the last year, we are, you know, so, consumed with like taking care of what needs to be taken care of or you know making sure that the kids are okay especially if if we're at home like in quarantine with our kids and working from home it's like you've got a list of fires to put out every day that we've never had before and neglecting the pantry or the closet or the pile of laundry or whatever it just it just happens because there's other stuff that's more important but you know again which is fine like occasionally when it's one pile of laundry but when it starts to mount up it does become a self-care thing because you're like you're adding stress to your life in a situation where there already is like more than we've ever lived through before you know let's talk about how do we get started? And I think it can be overwhelming. You know, I, I have my pantry, my closet needs some work too. So I have a couple areas, but you know, when you have a lot of areas to work on, how do you start? So it doesn't feel so overwhelming. So 
My best advice for any decluttering project is to just start small. Um, I never want anyone to try and declutter their whole house at once because it's just, you will be doomed to fail. Um, I much prefer to think of this as like, you know, a process that you'll do in a small defined area and repeat, like rinse and repeat as many times until you complete a room and then you move on to the next room and then you do it over and over and over. Um, it's, I think decluttering is problematic for so many people for all kinds of reasons that you need the little wins, you know, like you need, you need the little like checkpoints of accomplishment, like, yay, I did the closet. And then you can go on to, you know, the chair in the bedroom that has the pile of clothes or it, it's just, you need the little accomplishments. In my bedroom. <laughs> no, that's just mine. <laughs> totally just mine. <laughs> I swore I would never have that chair. And now I have that chair. I, I have that chair. Yeah. It's terrible. So we're starting small. We're picking a defined space. Um, the first step is get three large containers, boxes, shopping bags, whatever it's going to be. Um, and you're going to label them as keep, repurpose, and toss or get rid of. Um, as you go through your space, you're going to, you know, sort of examine each and every, every single thing. And it goes into one of these three buckets. There's no, there's no like middle ground. There's no like, I'm going to put this off to the side. I mean, you can do that, but by the time you're done, everything has to fit into either like keep repurpose or go away. Right. Um, the way you're going to decide is only by one question. And it's how do I feel about this thing? Like not, do I need this thing or does it serve a purpose or like, you know, is it a dried up rose from my high school prom corsage? Like, no, <laughs> how do I feel about this thing? And basically this is where you want to get a little introspective. You want to, you know, this can be a bit of a like meditative step in the process. Um, you literally want to like go inward and become aware of the feeling that this object gives you. Um, long story short, if it's anything other than you absolutely love it, it doesn't go in the keep box. It goes in one of the others. Um, you know, your answer is you might be surprised. Sometimes I do surprise myself with what I come up with. It's almost like, you know, a little bit eye-opening to something bigger, some other thing that I need to look at that, you know, maybe this, this old, whatever it is, vase from, you know, a gift that somebody gave me or whatever, um, sort of starts me thinking about. So it's, it can be an interesting process. It can be kind of a little bit more than just, you know, material. The things that are going to go into the repurpose pile should really be something that are worthy of repurposing. Um, it, repurpose sometimes can get a little dicey. Sometimes people can be like, well, this is the, the medium pile. This is the, I'm not sure if I should keep it or not pile. Really the idea of repurpose is it's still something you really love, but it doesn't make sense in this 
room anymore, this environment. So you actually are going to, you know, maybe it's something that needs to be painted and then it's perfect in your kid's room. Or, you know, it's a chair that you actually will get around to reupholstering and then it's gorgeous in the living room. If it's something like that requires a project that you know you can accomplish that will actually happen, it's fine to repurpose. But I think, you know, this is the time to get realistic and like really honest with ourselves. <laughs> and because I am, I am so guilty of this. I will tell myself that I will refinish a bench, like, you know, build, build a set of shelves, like whatever it is. And the truth is, I'm not going to do that. I'm just not, yeah. Yeah. you know, so this is where if, if it's something that's kind of questionable, like let it go. Like just well, especially as creatives as we are. Yeah. You right. all, you know, you can find anything and go, oh, I can make this out of that. And I have yeah. a garage full of repurposing. Oh my God. Yes, exactly. You know, I think it's very common for, for creative moms to get really crafty. <laughs> I must yeah. be able to find a use for this thing. And before yeah. you know it, you've got, you've got a craft store in your basement. Yeah. Um, you know, there is, it doesn't have to be like a scary giveaway process you can hold on to your to your toss box let's say for a week and kind of live in your new space once you're done without all of the stuff you've edited out I'm getting ahead of myself here but you know it it doesn't have to be like a final dead and buried like you can just remove it from the space see how it feels and it is kind of addicting once you start doing that because it feels so good to live in a space that's clean and functional Mm -hmm. that you just want to do more of it. Oh my God. Totally. And that's good. Like we, we want that fire like lit, you know, we want that to happen because the end result is going to be your whole house is a breath of fresh air. By the time you've done every room, it's like, Oh my God, I love living here again. You know? But there, there's also one more thing about sort of the, the giveaway box or the toss box is you can, you can sort of have a re-edit of it and look at it um, from the point of view of like, is there anything that's worth donating versus anything that just really should just go away? Um, you know, I love donating things because it's kind of, it's got this energy of like paying it forward and you're helping someone who may need, you know, exactly what you have, but isn't really useful to you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, at the same time, we've all seen like things at the vintage store that are just like junk, you know, yeah. so you yeah. don't want to do that. So really be honest with yourself. And if there's something that just needs to go out, it's okay for it to go out. But mm-hmm. then if there's something that could help somebody, I think it's really great to donate it. I, I just, um, I was at a client's house and we redid a cornice box Mm-hmm. We, we built a new one and new fabric and the one that was there was covered in this fabric that was playing cards and she's like no one's gonna want this it's so old and my handyman came to take it down put up the new one he was gonna take it to the dump and he's like can I have this I have a poker room and it would be perfect and we were like yay we t- we oh my god but you just never see, know. That was meant to be. He was yeah. like, you to see that. Totally. Yeah. That's really funny. That. Basically, once you've gone through 
every, you know, every space in your room with this process of like splitting it up into the three categories, evaluating the, you know, the potential for the repurposing and then splitting up the toss pile. Um, that's kind of it. You're, you're done with the decluttering. The next thing is just to clean everything. Like you want an empty space by the time you're done and then just clean everything like top to tail. Um, you know, you can bring in a cleaning service for this. You can do it yourself if you're into that, or it it just really needs to be like the most thorough, like spring cleaning kind of cleaning job ever. Well, and it's so much easier when all the clutter is out of the way, right? Right. Totally. It's not that. That's actually the easiest part of this process. I personally find like, you know, the hardest part is separating yourself from the things that you totally. know you don't ever want to use again, but you have like an emotional attachment to. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a rabbit hole. That's like, totally. <laughs> yeah. That's a total, like, you don't necessarily want to revisit some of that stuff. Like that's sometimes you don't want to go down memory lane, but you look at this thing and you're brought there and then you're, you're not focused and you're off in some other direction. And that part's, that part's the toughest for me to get through. The cleaning is like, me too. yeah, yeah it's so it's funny that the cleaning is, is by far the easiest, like on an emotional scale, but I feel like sometimes it's the step that gets lost because you've gone, you've just gone through this emotional journey and you might do like a little bit of clean, but that, like you said, top to tail cleaning, deep rooted cleaning is really important to really cleanse the space. The timeline that you gave, I just read something the other day where someone said, you know, we've always said, if I just had a week, I could organize, if I just had a week where I didn't have to work and I didn't have to leave the house, I would have this whole house organized. And then they were like, you had that time. <laughs> We've all been home. So the, the time wasn't the problem. And I think that's so what your your method and, and the holistic part of your decluttering is so is so key for us to really absorb because it's not the time and it's not the the skills that we have or even the um, my husband and I go back and forth about this all the time of like what organizational baskets we have or, or like systems. Like it's not the system. <laughs> it's getting in the headspace. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, the thing is, the system becomes so much easier when you have less to file, right? Like yeah. the system becomes way less complicated if you're not overrun with stuff to store. I've been talking to my husband. <laughs> You know what, what's funny is, um, because I've worked with some clients too on organizing and the first response is you want to go out and buy all the organizing stuff because that's fun. Like the baskets and the containers, but that should be the last thing you do, right? right? Because you don't want a bunch of containers till you know what you're left with. Right. Exactly. And hopefully you don't need as many containers as you think you do. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, also, you know, you never know. It's like an adventure every time. You never know what you're going to get rid of. You may need a totally different storage setup than what you've had. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. if, if you're at the point where you're feeling swamped and crowded by your stuff, clearly your current storage situation is not working for you any longer so you yeah. probably don't want to go out and buy more of the same kind of thing you might need something completely new and different 
Yeah. You know, hopefully, hopefully we need something completely new and different. Exactly. <laughs> After the cleaning step is where I like to bring in a little of the holistic magic. Um, Ooh, I like that. Holistic yeah, it's, it's fun. It's kind of my favorite part. It's a little bonus step. Um, I, a lot of times, especially with projects that are really tedious or, you know, just kind of really easy to put off, nothing you're looking forward to. I like to kind of ritualize everything. And so as I'm going through a space and decluttering, I'm like, I'm not slogging through a closet. I'm making space for better things to come in, you know? Yeah. Let's try and like reframe it a little just to, to hype myself up and like talk myself into it. So after you've cleaned everything is a really good time to just, you know, bring a little ritual in, like throw open the windows and burn some incense or visualize all of the weight and the negativity and the, you know, the bad vibes and the stale energy, just like whooshing right out the window or, you know, light some candles, diffuse some oils, do some meditation. If that's what you're into, it's a really sort of like, opportune point in the process to mm-hmm. bring that all in. Um, it's funny because I have a little, I have a little like mini course coming up about unspousing your house after a separation. Oh. Uh, and it's very much based on that. It's, it's not just about the physical stuff, but it's literally like clearing out the, the mentality and the yeah. energy and the stagnant everything, you know? Um, so I think it's an important part of the process. Yeah. You know, with, with awareness, we can sort of like feel how that might work. Not everybody's into that and that's okay too. Decluttering is, is enough of an upgrade. It really mm-hmm. is. Like, For sure. Little stuff. You know, my last step in the process is just the restyling, which I think which is the best, most fun part. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, so the restyling is easier. It's more fun. It's only from your keep pile. So it's all Mm -hmm. the stuff that you know you love and you just bring it back in one thing at a time in a super mindful way, like by this point in the process we've you know we've we've learned how we feel we're in touch with how we feel about each thing we're going to bring it back in and sort of check in with the placement and does this work you know on this shelf or is this better on a nightstand or whatever it is um and then, you know, I, I do run into people that are like worried about, well, I'm going to have empty spaces or I don't have enough to fill my bookshelf anymore or whatever. And I say, that's amazing because that's informing your shopping list. Like you're yeah. creating a shopping list as you go anywhere where there's a vacancy or a need, like you write it down and you know where, you know, what to buy. Yeah. Um, and kind of live with that empty space for a little bit and see, because mm-hmm. not every space needs to be filled back up, right? Yeah. Right. You might learn to feel like I like the space for my eyes to rest and I like the breath of fresh air and the, you know, cleaning up after, you know, cleaning a room becomes less of a chore if you don't have as much stuff to shuffle around, right? Yeah. So I really like in your decluttering step of keeping the props box for like a week. I would have to keep my a time limit. <laughs> But for the emotional clutters like myself, 
it, mm-hmm. it's enough of a buffer, but like you said, you can live in that space and really see how much more functional you are. And like you just said, cleaning up at the end of the day doesn't feel as frantic. You don't feel, you know, as overwhelmed or you, you don't put it off to the next day because there's not as much to do. So I think that would even help too with really affirming, yes, I made the right decision to put that in that soft box because it was not, it was not suiting me in any way. Absolutely. Totally. And it's a safe way to do it. You know, I think people, people do get scared. Like, what if I made the wrong decision? What if I'm going to regret getting rid of this thing? And as long as it's, you know, still in the house, but it's just out of sight, out of mind, Mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, it's again, a good test for yourself. And then if you pass out, it goes, you know, (laughs) (laughs) so now that we've decluttered and we've cleaned and we restyled, do you have any tips for maintaining this awesome space that we've created for ourselves. Yes. Um, I think the first step in maintaining it is to always remember to see your space through this energetic lens and not just an aesthetic one. Mm -hmm. And remember to appreciate that, you know, you're making a conscious decision when you bring something into your environment, it is, it's changing your surroundings and it's changing how you interact with your surroundings. Like, you know, our homes are like a, they're like a mood board, right? Like a, like a living, breathing mood board that we live in. And you wouldn't put anything on a mood board that you don't absolutely love that isn't going to boost your overall, you know, in the case of what we do, it'll be like the, the design plan or whatever. Right. You're not going to put anything on that mood board that doesn't absolutely ultimately belong there. Um, Great and so I, Right? I, think I love helps. that. Yeah. Frame it that way. If you are living in your mood board, don't go through this massive process of decluttering and then go and bring in something that isn't aligned, that doesn't yeah, yeah. your new vision. In my mood board, there would not be clothes on my chair in my bedroom. Exactly. I mean, for me, that was when I first sort of discovered thinking about it that way. I was like, oh my God, how, how did I not think of this already? Yes. So much stuff in my house would never be on a mood board, anyone's mood board. So (laughs) I love Um, that. I love that. And we just talked about vision boards last week for, um, you know, goal setting for the year. But I think, um, like you just said, bringing something into your house that doesn't suit what your vision is for yourself or is not going to help you achieve your intention or your goals is not going to suit you in the long run. And that's probably is the stuff that's making you a little crazy at the end of the day. Absolutely. And it is, it's a bit like a muscle, you know, it's, it's a little bit daunting and it feels like a massive thing the first time you do it. But then once you've gone through it and, you know, hopefully by going through it, you've increased awareness and, you know, you've gotten in touch with sort of the connection that you have to your stuff. When you're thinking in this more like aware kind of mindful way, um, you know, the idea is that we're not, recreating that situation again we're not bringing as much stuff in and we are better able to spot when it starts happening Mm -hmm. instead of you know like we said like talking ourselves out of our intuitive voice that's going hey you don't need that here like you're like yeah (laughs) (laughs) hopefully we're we're not doing that 
as much to the same degree. Yeah. yeah. I feel like all of those things together really help with maintenance. It's like we can do a mini version of this decluttering project along the way as needed to prevent it from ever getting to like a full scale onslaught of stuff. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Well, so every week we do um, a soul style discovery of the week. And so this week, our soul style discovery is you. Yeah. Um, This is so exciting. You have a book coming out this summer. I know we can't talk a lot about it, but I want everyone to know how to find you so that when the book comes out, they can be the first to get a copy of it. Oh my God, yes. Tell us all the places and we'll put links on the website as well. But so you're... Your Instagram, your website, where can everyone find you? Amazing. So on Instagram, I'm at Kirsten Yadaga. Um, and well, I know we'll post that because it's a mouthful and, you know, so <laughs> we'll post it. Um, yeah. Um, my website is theinteriorintuitive.com. And then on Facebook, I'm Kirsten Yadaga Design. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited about the book. It comes out. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited about the book. It comes out later this summer. Um, as we get closer to the launch, there'll be, you know, pre-sale available and all kinds of things happening around it. So, you know, we'll definitely, we'll have you on, um, the podcast again as it gets closer and we can talk a little bit more about it, but it's so exciting. So happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you for being on our show today. Thank you. So much good information. And we'll put the links where everyone can find you. And and again, we'll have you on again because there's so much to talk about in yeah. this. Oh, yeah. So That's totally. Well, thank you so much. This was so much fun. I love chatting with you guys. And yes, yeah, so many good sort of tips and tricks that we traded today. And yes. so much more that comes from too, right? Yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks again. And uh, we will talk to everybody else next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.